For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Der Show. Hamas is playing the United States and playing Israel, and the United States seems to be uh, falling for it. Um, obviously, Hamas holds uh, several Americans as hostages. Um, and they haven't been releasing them. They released one little girl because the pressure was so enormous. Uh, a little girl who, who had lost both of her parents, who's a, who's a, a tiny little orphan. Um, but um, they've now been up to their, what, fifth release and uh, no other Americans. Why? Because they want to pressure uh, the United States to keep exchanging pauses in the fighting for the return of hostages because they want their hostages back. I don't blame them. We want all the hostages back. And of course, the United States has the right and the obligation to prioritize its own citizens. But they have to understand they're being played. Um, if not for the deal where Israel engages in pauses, which allows Hamas to um, obviously rearm, restock, reorganize and uh, uh, engage in um, uh, more preparation for terrorism. If not for that, the American hostages would have been the first to be released um, because the one thing Iran doesn't want to have is a major confrontation with the United States. But they're balancing that now and they're saying, you know, if we don't release the American hostages, um, we can get uh, the United States to put pressure on Israel to renew the pause day after day in the hope of maybe we'll get the American uh, hostages. Eventually, I think the American hostages will be released if Hamas, in fact, has them rather than having sold them or rented them to uh, other terrorist uh, groups. But um, Hamas is going to delay the release of any Americans for as long as they can to get the pressure uh, from the United States on um, on Israel. And, you know, every day that Israel uh, pauses uh, will cost them the lives of soldiers. Uh, the soldiers were at a tremendous military advantage when this um, hostage uh, deal began and when they were continuing to put pressure on Hamas that was surrounding all of northern Gaza and beginning to think about how to get into southern Gaza, where many of the leaders of Hamas still still uh, hide out. Um, but um, but then the pauses started occurring and 50 hostages have been released. But it means that Hamas just makes it much harder uh, for the Israeli uh, armed forces to do their job. And so um, these are not cost free pauses. They're very, very costly pauses in terms of intelligence, because remember that part of the deal is that Israel can't fly drones over Hamas for six hours a day. That gives Hamas opportunities to do things that they wouldn't do if they knew they were being uh, followed uh, from the air by by drones. So it's 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 very, very costly to Israel 
But even more fundamentally, today, uh, the spokesman of the administration um, cautioned Israel about either not going into uh, South Lebanon and without going into South, I'm sorry, <laughs> South Gaza. Um, it's already fighting in South Lebanon, but not going into South Gaza if it if threatening them or saying, if you go in, you have to have surgical strikes. First of all, Israel always has surgical strikes. It has never in its history ever targeted a civilian, uh, certainly not a child or or a mother or somebody who's a non-combatant, uh, not involved. Well, why, why would they? They only lose when uh, they inadvertently kill a civilian. Hamas gains, but they lose. Of course, so they never target um, uh, civilians. But um, um, uh, the United States is now putting enormous pressure on them. Uh, 20 Democrat senators uh, wrote a letter, basically, uh, a few more than 20, wrote a letter uh, to the uh, White House saying you should condition aid to Israel on them complying with international law. Well, they comply with international law, probably more than any country in modern uh, history. This is just an attempt to try to, again, put pressure uh, on, on Israel to surrender by having a ceasefire. Um, this is not the time to put pressure on Israel. This is the time to put pressure on Iran to put pressure on Hamas, to put pressure on the Palestinian Authority. Israel's the victim here. Uh, this war all began on October 7th. You wouldn't know that if you listened to the National Lawyers Guild or, or Doctors Without Borders, uh, Doctors Without Morality is my name for them, who see this as in a one-sided way and won't even ask for the hostages uh, to be returned and won't uh, recently at least condemn um, Hamas for what it did. On October on October seventh, so the pressure is being directed in the wrong place. Israel has to be encouraged to destroy Hamas in much the way the United States was encouraged by all of our allies to destroy Nazism. And not only did the United States destroy the Nazis, it killed the Nazis and got them to surrender unilaterally and unconditionally. But it destroyed the concept of Nazism. Yes, it destroyed the ideology. There are some Nazis left, you know, a few handfuls. Obviously, some escaped to Argentina, to Brazil. But Nazism died with the Nazis, with Hitler, with Goebbels, with Goering, with all those uh, uh, fanatical uh, racists. Uh, and I think the same thing could happen with, with Hamas. Uh, but the leaders have to be destroyed and the fighters have to be destroyed. And with that will come a destruction of the... Um, ideology, because if the ideology is allowed to survive and if Hamas is allowed to survive, as I've said before, it's coming to a theater near you. Um, we already see the beginnings of some violence uh, being directed at uh, Jewish organizations, schools, teachers, students. It's not going to be long before a bomb goes off in a, in a synagogue or a shopping center or a school or a library. Um, there have already been um, uh, violence that has taken place in, in, in virtually all of those institutions. And, and, and when Hamas uh, does this and begins to engage in, in terrorism here in the United States, it will have a lot of allies. It will have the National Lawyers Guild. And I'm not talking about National Lawyers Guild defending them. Uh, in court, if they're brought into court, that's not what the National Lawyers Guild does. Uh, it does that too, but it also supports them and defends them, they're, defends their ideology, defends what they're doing. 
defends the massacres. And it's just a short step from defending Hamas's rapes and murders and beheadings to participating in them, particularly an organization like the National Lawyers Guild, which is a, a far, far, far left, it used to be a communist front organization, now it's a Hamas front organization. It provides, I believe, material support for Hamas, which is uh, a crime. But in any event, uh, you'll get some of its members um, joining <clears throat> Hamas terrorism. We now have labor unions. Uh, there is a legal aid society from the Automotive Workers Union or something that supports uh, Hamas. Um, you know, you get all these student organizations, uh, what I call analogous to Hitler Youth, um, condemning Israel on the day after this massacre, before Israel fired a single shot, before it had a single soldier in, in Gaza. You had these organizations uh, praising Hamas and, and condemning Israel. How, how big a step is it before some of the students from these organizations put on the the green headgear and, and started participating in bombing. Remember, we have a history of that. I know. Um, I was a lawyer during that period of time um, when uh, students, students, student activists and people a little older than students began to engage in, in terrorism. Um, we remember the University of Wisconsin, there were efforts to blow it up. Uh, Fort Dix, there were efforts to blow it up. The house on 12th Street was blown up. Um, um, inadvertently, what they were doing is preparing anti-personnel bombs, not bombs designed to bring buildings down, bombs designed to kill as many people as possible with, with shrapnel. These were these young students. These were these Hitler youth of the 1970s. And now we have the Hitler youth of the 2020s. And, and, and um, people forget that, uh, you know, Hitler Youth helped bring Hitler to power. They didn't, many of them didn't imagine it would end up in the genocide of six million Jews. Probably some wouldn't have joined if they, if they knew that, uh, but they were fools and ignoramuses and they didn't take uh, Mein Kampf seriously. And they joined because it was the thing to do. Everybody was joining Hitler Youth in those days, just like everybody is joining anti-Israel protests these days on some uh, college campuses. Uh, do these students know anything about the history of the Middle East? Do they know that Israel uh, offered, uh, even before Israel was established, the Jewish leaders offered statehood to the Palestinians in 1936, 1937, turned down. They offered it again in 1948, turned down. They offered it again in 1967, turned down. They offered it again uh, during the Oslo Accords in 2000 and 2001 when uh, Clinton and, and uh, Ed Barak offered them a, a very, very, very positive uh, peace process with the two-state solution. Or in 2007 when Ayod Olmert uh, sweetened the pie and gave them a right of return, a capital in Jerusalem, and essentially the end of the uh, settlements turned down. Uh, these students don't know that. These students don't know the history of Gaza, where the um, uh, Israelis left Gaza. A very tough general, General Sharon, uh, a warrior, left Gaza. Not only took all the Jews out of Gaza, it even made them unbury their dead and, and take them into Israel 
and and every soldier left. There wasn't a single soldier in Gaza. Uh, and then uh, Hamas took over in a bloody coup, murdered Palestinian uh, authority leaders, and started firing rockets at Israel. And only then did Israel begin to control the borders, because obviously any country would control the borders of uh, of, a, of a country. And that respect, in those days, Hamas was a country, essentially ruled by Hamas. Um, and when a country ruled by Hamas fires rockets at you, you make sure that they can't climb over the fence or come under the fence and come into Israel. Israel didn't do a good enough job uh, in preventing that from happening. They should have been tougher and they should have been uh, more in their guard uh, on October 7th, but they weren't. And I wasn't surprised. Once Hamas people came in to Israel and went into the kibbutzim, I knew that they would slaughter and rape. That's what they do, and that's what they have said they would do. And remember, too, and this is something that's not been much in the media, not only did Hamas fighters, terrorists, climb over that fence and come under the tunnels and and particularly over the fence, uh, when the fence was knocked down, not only did Hamas terrorists come and rape and slaughter and behead and burn babies, but ordinary civilians from Gaza joined them and participated in the rapes and the murders. These are the civilians that everybody cries over because some of them are being killed in, in, in the process. Well, let me tell you, I hope that every single one of them that came over that fence and participated in the massacres uh, on October 7th, I hope every single one of them is killed, is killed as civilians. I want civilians killed if they're civilians who came and murdered and raped and burned uh, Jewish children. Yes, I want civilians killed if they're those kinds of guilty civilians. I don't want children killed. I don't want babies killed. I don't want innocent civilians killed, but I want guilty civilians to pay a price, a heavy price. If they can be arrested and put on trial, fine. Israel doesn't have the death penalty, but they can't be arrested. And so when the alternative is killing them as combatants because they were combatants on October 7th or letting them go free and live their lives. Hey, I'm in favor of killing them. I'm not in favor of shedding tears uh, about them. Again, let me be clear. I'm not in favor of killing true civilians, honest, real civilians, um, civilians who are innocent. But I don't shed tears for civilians who were complicit in the murders of um, October uh, 7th. Nor do I shed many tears for those who cheered it on, for those who allowed tunnels to be built under their homes, if they were pressured, of course, that's one thing. But if they volunteered and said, oh, my God, please come build a tunnel under our house uh, that you can kill Jews, um, uh, you know, store your rockets here, let your commanders hide here. Those are not genuine civilians. Those are people who are complicitous. And uh um, uh, they deserve uh, the consequences that is being imposed on them. And, and uh, you know, the recent polls show that, um, I don't know, 75 percent of the Palestinians on the West Bank actually supported the, the murders of Gaza uh, in, 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 uh, from Gaza into Israel. And a slightly smaller number, but still a very high number of um, Palestinians in Gaza supported the massacres. You know, might ask yourself, why do fewer in Gaza support the massacres than on the West Bank? It's very easy because <laughs> the people in Gaza knew there'd be price to be paid 
that Israel would come in and take action. Whereas the people of the West Bank, oh, who cares? So a couple of Palestinians uh, will be killed um, in, 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 in Gaza, uh, but we cheer it on. So more people in the West Bank cheered on and supported the, the horrible murders than in Gaza, but more than 70%, I think it was, in both uh, areas um, supported the, the, the massacres. These are not civilians who deserve the sympathy of decent people. They may be protected by the law, because the law distinguishes between combatants and civilians. But by the way, there's a, a continuum of combatants and, and civilians when, when you're allowing your home to be used for rockets or to be stored uh, uh, or, or to hide combatants or to build tunnels. You're closer to being a combatant than you are to being a genuine civilian. And if you went over with Hamas and killed people, you are a combatant. You're a combatant and you're a criminal. You're both a murderer and a combatant, and you, uh, Israel's entitled to treat you as a combatant. They're also entitled to treat you as a murderer. What you're not entitled to be treated as is an innocent civilian because you live in Gaza and you don't have an official card making you a member of Hamas. You're a member of Hamas if you came over the fence and, and killed innocent uh, Jewish uh, children and grandmothers. So uh, let's understand these distinctions and let's not, uh, as an American, and I care deeply about the American relationship to Israel I have on my, on my button. Um, you know, I support Israel and it has both an American flag and um, an Israeli flag. I support both nations, obviously, because we're great allies, but America should not now be pressuring Israel into weakening itself militarily. You know, the, the prayers uh, say, um, God will give the Jewish people strength and only then will they have peace. That's in the Psalms of David. And that's proved to be correct. Um, uh, the Jewish people and the nation state of the Jewish people, Israel, can only have peace through strength. They'll never get peace through weakness. That's why despicable organizations like the National Lawyers Guild and 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 other uh, organizations, why they bullied Israel as soon as Israel showed any weakness, into intelligence weakness, response weakness, as soon as we saw Israelis being raped and murdered, hey, that's the time to cheer on Hamas. That's exactly what the Despicable National Lawyers Guild did and what the Despicable 33 groups at, at Harvard did. And that's what uh, Hitler Youth would have uh, done um, and, and, and there ought to be no sympathy, no sympathy for organizations uh, like that. You know, if you are hiring students from Harvard, um, you know, ask them questions about whether they support rape. You would certainly ask them questions if they came from the Deep South and one of them was wearing a pin to support the Ku Klux Klan. You'd ask them, do you support, do you support the lynching of blacks? Of course, that's a perfectly appropriate question to ask. I'm told now that Harvard is going to be uh, brought up uh, for an investigation by the Department of Education. I want to make it clear. I hereby volunteer to testify. I probably know as much about Harvard's history of anti-Semitism as any living human being. Uh, I have been connected to Harvard for 60 years. I saw how the school worked from the inside out. I participated in many aspects of of life at Harvard. I wrote a long definitive article 
about the history of Harvard going back to the beginning of the 20th century with its quota systems. And so I think I would be a, a good witness and I wanna make it clear, I hereby volunteer to testify against the school that I've been associated with for 60 years. I will tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And um, I think my testimony would be very useful uh, in holding Harvard accountable for its failures, its failures that produce this, this, this anti-Semitic attitude among so many students uh, at, at Harvard. And uh, I would also testify about what happened at Harvard when it, uh, like other schools, many other schools, um, introduced um, DEI, uh, diversity, which is not diversity of intellectual ideas. It's only diversity of skin color. Um, and uh, equity, which is the opposite of equality, and inclusion, which excludes Jews and Asians. So, yeah, I would be happy to testify about what happened when the bureaucracy of DEI came to Harvard. I'd also be happy to testify about what happened when Harvard, like other universities, started to build departments based not on uh, intellectual challenges or uh, intellectual curiosity, but on uh, ethnic cheering squads. Um, you know, departments of black studies, departments of feminist studies, departments of gay studies, departments, you name it. Every identity group gets its own department where they can cheer on their people and not oppose, not imply a critical analysis uh, to, to what's going on. Those are the two elements that have contributed most to anti-Semitism uh, at American universities, the creation of DEI, the bureaucracy of DEI, and the creation of these ethnic and identity politics departments, which have no place in a major university. Of course, everybody in a university should know about black history and gay history and feminist history. It should be integrated into the curriculum, but there shouldn't be special departments which serve as cheering squads for particular groups. It's a zero sum game today at universities. If some groups win, other groups lose. And the losing groups at Harvard have been Jews and Asians. And the Supreme Court understood that when it struck down race-specific affirmative action in a case brought by uh, Asian applicants to Harvard. And so these are issues that have to be explored. But the time to get back to the original question of the subject here tonight, the question of should America now be putting a thumb on the scale and saying to Israel, which has the best record of avoiding civilian casualties of any country in modern history, should they be saying, no, no, maybe the ceasefire should become permanent, as Jamie Raskin, Congressman Raskin, Bernie Sanders, and others have said, and others have said, condition uh, aid to Israel, which is its survival aid, on Israel um, uh, doing what we think they should do. In other words, not, not engaging in total all-out warfare of the kind that could destroy, could, could destroy Hamas. So, no, the United States should not be playing that role. At this point, the United States should be encouraging to Israel what it's encouraging Israel to do what it's been doing, and that is complying with all the rules of international law, trying as best it can to distinguish between true civilians, true civilians, and and combatants, combatants defined broadly as they should be defined uh, broadly, and, 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 and make sure that Hamas does not survive this, does not come away as it did in previous wars, strengthened 
with a little bit of a pause and then coming back and doing it again and again and again. Just read your shampoo bottle. You know, wash, rinse, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. As I've said before, that's what Hamas does. And America and the New York Times, Doctors Without Borders are all contributing to that. If they give Hamas a victory here, Hamas has to suffer a terminal, devastating defeat, and it shouldn't be held back by the United States. All right, let's look at some some letters, mostly on this subject. Free Palestine, give back stolen land and curl up in shame. No, I'm standing up proudly. There is no stolen land. There was never a state of Palestine. Jews have lived in that area since before it was called Palestine. Palestine was the name given it by the Romans, Palestina. It was called Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, uh, historically, biblically, in every other way. So Israel didn't steal any land. Um, there was always Jews living in what is now called Palestine. Jews were a majority in Jerusalem from the time the first census occurred. They were a majority in Safat. They had a very substantial presence in places uh, like Haifa and, and other places. And Christians were a majority in Nazareth and in, in Bethlehem. Uh, the Arabs were a, 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 a third in Jerusalem, not even second. So there was no land that was stolen. Um, the United Nations decided to separate, divide the land, and it gave the largest amount of arable usable land to a Palestinian state. The Palestinians rejected it and gave a small sliver of land on the east, on the coast, to uh, to Israel, which accepted it. Even Jerusalem was not part of Israel. Jerusalem and Bethlehem were supposed to be uh, international cities, uh, but the Palestinians invaded and tried to kill every Jew. Killed many of them. Killed one percent of the population and trying to destroy Israel starting on the day it established its independence. So you go curl up in shame and don't talk to me about stolen land. There is no stolen land. And then another one, very nice, uh, Dersh, Israel's Goebbels. Nice, nice. I'm Israel's Goebbels. I tell the truth. Goebbels talked about the big lie. So no, I'm not going to curl up in, in shame. I'm going to continue to advocate for truth and justice and inequality uh, as long as I have uh, the breath to do so. Okay, Alan, when it comes to Zionism, the following comes to mind. Again, the, these are very, very ignorant anti-Semitic and anti-Israel statements, but I want to read them. Following comes to mind, slander, defamation, deceit, libel, hatred, malice, deceit, murder, treasure. I mean, I think you're talking about Hamas here. Genocide, more slander, defamation, murder, treachery. You're talking about Hamas here, but you're blaming it on Israel. Israel was the victim of October 7th. Hamas was the perpetrator. Let's never forget that. Hey, I tried to find your book on Amazon, but it doesn't pop up. Any ideas? It does pop up. You just put in Dershowitz, War Against the Jews, and you will find it um, listed both as a Kindle book and as an ordinary book, the book is available. If you uh, sign up now and get it, it will be sent to you, uh, and and you'll have you'll have a hard copy. And if you send it to me, I'll sign it to you. Um, it's fine to make comparisons by cherry picking examples. You can't tell me 
that Israel is now is not imprisoning Palestinians as bargaining chips. Yes, I can tell you that. Why can I tell you that? Because the Supreme Court of Israel ruled that a few years ago, Israel tried, the IDF tried to hold some people as bargaining chips. The case went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled against the IDF and says, no, you cannot hold anybody as a bargaining chip. You can only hold people if they've committed crimes. And you can hold them in one of two ways, either by a normal, normal, ordinary criminal trial or by administrative detention. By the way, administrative detention is used against Israeli Jews as well. Um, it's a process by which if there's a national security issue and you can't reveal the names of your informers and sources, you can have a mini trial uh, where the uh, 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 evidence is produced. The charges are given. Um, sometimes it takes some time before the charges are given. That's true in the United States, too. We hold people in detention before trial on bail, uh, sometimes for very, very many months. So it's a myth that uh, Israel holds prisoners as bargaining chips. Let's consider that woman who was shown uh, uh, with deformities with her face. And, and the New York Times reported that she was uh, defaced. She, she became uh, injured as a result of a, of a bomb accidentally blowing up. No, she was a suicide bomber. She was carrying a bomb into Israel to blow up Jews. In fact, she blew one of them up who was seriously injured. And she was one of those who was released. She's not innocent. She's guilty as can possibly be. And she was exchanged for what? A three-year-old baby or a five-year-old baby? There's no comparison. Target kids and women, run home, hide among kids and women. Of course, that's exactly what Hamas does. And it's been its policy for years. I agree with you 100% that if a civilian allows them to dig a hole for a tunnel in their house, they are complicit. It's just like in the United States. Let's say myself and another guy would go to rob a store. I'm outside as the driver of the car. The other guy kills the cashier where I go down for murder, also because I was involved in a crime with the guy. So it's the same thing as far as I'm concerned. I've defended people like that. I defended two young boys um, who helped break their father out of prison. And then the father uh, killed people and they got the death penalty. Uh, I won the case and helped save their lives, but they're still in prison um, for not having fired a single shot. Uh, just because they were complicit with their father. Um, okay, last uh, letter. MIT is refusing to suspend students who participated in unauthorized anti-Israel demonstrations. Their excuse is that some of the students who are openly pro-Hamas are here on visas, and if they get suspended, they may get deported. Should students who support terrorists and, by extension, hate the West be allowed to attend school in this country to begin with? I, I wouldn't have a test for students, but if the students did something that warrants their suspension. They shouldn't be saved from suspension for fear that the consequences might include deportation. If they deserve to be deported under the law, they should be deported under the law. The law should apply equally to uh, everybody. And so, yeah, if they committed an offense that warrants a suspension, and if people who are not deportable are, are suspended, then people who are deportable should be suspended as well. See you tomorrow. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.